This is the one with a metamorphic symbiosis regenerator. Spaghetti heads! (laughs) (laughs) And the return of bagels, but not always his moustache. It's called Mordrin Undead. Here we go. Here we go. (laughs) (laughs) We're embarking on a voyage all through time and all through space. Counting Daleks, Thalent, Boot, and the Cybertronic race. Tontorans look like taters, and Silurians all have wonky scales. And the Doctor has a TARDIS. We're reviewing all his tales. Who back when? Reviewing all of who there is. Who back when? Subscribe and read on iTunes, please. Episode by episode, we're trudging down this temporal road. Come join us on this odyssey. What other choice could there be than who? Well, hello, beautiful people of podcast land. It's great to have you here again for another episode of Who Back When, a Doctor Who podcast. Or Docpast. Or Docpast, indeed. I am Jim. You might have recognized me already. I hope so. (laughs) And the other voice over there. Oh my goodness. It's Leon. Hello, Leon. Hello, Jim. Hello, podcast lands. This oh, yeah. is Hello, super exciting. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we're we're all here, all two of us, uh, yeah. the usual crew. And How you doing, oh, Gonzalez? I'm doing okay. Yeah, I'm just thrilled to bits that we are here talking about <laughs> the. I'm going to say slightly bonkers serial, Mordred oh, Undead. I'm going to have to ask you to justify your use of the word slightly there, sir. <laughs> <laughs> Fine. Okay. We can go full in for bonkers. That's okay. <laughs> I honestly haven't wrapped my head around this one. I'm going to be I very intrigued I think we need to take a thoughts. moment and like figure out the timeline, because does it even make sense? Like, I, 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 don't, I don't know that it does. <laughs> <laughs> it's quite probable it doesn't, yeah. Yeah. Okay, well, we're kind of trying to get things settled in our minds. Shall we help Podcast Land with a little bite-sized chunk of hoop? Oh, dude, you're such a mensch. Let's. Time for us to synopsize, lurbify and summarize. So take a view and grab a brew and listen to this overview. This free-for-all we like to call a bite-sized chunk of hoop. On a luxury cruiser, eight mutated space chaps dressed like Bjork are deeply regretting their crimes. Centuries prior, they stole a metamorphic symbiosis regenerator from Gallifrey with the intention of turning themselves into Time Lords. Alas, it only served to give their brains a comb-over and subject them to eternal suffering. All they need now is any random Time Lord or lady to sacrifice their regeneration energy in order to end it. Meanwhile, coincidentally, the Black Guardian has appeared on Earth and recruited high schooler Turlow, a cocksure cockhat with coincidental knowledge of space and time, attending a school where, coincidentally, works Alistair Gordon Lethbridge-Stewart. Remember Bagels? Well, coincidentally, he barely does himself, and as a matter of further coincidence, the Doctor and his companions are about to be drawn into a deadly game that might turn Doc into a regular schmo. B-Scout over! You are welcome. Aren't you just podcast lab? Well, where are we going to start with this? You must have a a big, beefy question you want to get off your chest, or even a little question. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I've got a ton of questions, and <laughs> <laughs> ranging from the the incredibly banal to the does this make sense level questions. Um, that is one of the questions. I'll start off with something really banal. Is that Bagel's car at the start of episode one? Apparently so. I mean, well, he definitely has an interest in it. If it's not his own, he's looking after it, I suppose. Check. Easy. Oh, <laughs> we're going to get through this episode in no time. <laughs> 
I guess I have a slightly related question then. So, okay, Bagels is hanging around a boys' school. Like he has quit unit and yeah. Well, I mean, if you put it like yeah. that, it sounds really dodgy. Okay, yeah, <laughs> I didn't mean it like that. <laughs> Apologies, Bagels. <laughs> yeah, but it, is this explained away in the serial as post-traumatic incident or? Is this genuinely what happened legitimately for Bagels? He retired and became a, uh, was it maths teacher? Uh, yeah, math teacher. I don't think that that's what happened before, but it seems to me like he was already working as a teacher in 1977. According to this one, which I'm, I'm going to have to double check that, I don't think that that tallies with, like, Pertwee. When was Pertwee? When did we last Ooh. see Bagels? I feel like that must have been after 1977. And... Oh, sorry, not Pertwee. Yeah, maybe Pertwee and maybe Tom Baker. Like, regardless, I feel like we've seen bagels as bagels, not just uh, maths teacher eagles uh, since 1977, meaning they're like they're changing history in this one, if that's the case. But it, it, regardless, yeah, it seems as though, according to this serial, all of the unit people retired. He became a teacher. It's a really weird thing for him to do. Uh, mm. Was it someone? I can't remember. I wrote it down, actually. Um, Harry Sullivan works for NATO. Benton became a second-hand car salesman. Super weird, right? Yeah. I mean, I'm not really buying it. I've I, kind of forgotten I'm, how we left Unit, though. Did Unit get disbanded? No. Because this, this, um, this is Bagels saying, yeah, all these people carried on for a bit and then they left Unit. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Hang on. I'm going to go to uh, whobackone.com and check the Vindex, the, specifically the Vindex for allies, where Bagels is number one. Uh, We last saw him in Terror of the Zygons with Tom Baker. And Terror of the Zygons, let's find out when that was, when that took place. Oh no, I take it back. That was in 1975. Uh, Okay. So it is conceivable that two years after meeting the Zygons, he did retire and become a teacher, but it seems desperately out of character. Yeah, I I took it to be a bit of a, a joke as well that he's a maths professor. Like, I can't remember specific interactions but i suspect he was he a bit kind of like oh that's the science stuff i don't care about that i'm military i just want to yeah that's a super duper good point that's a very good point he was very much like oh no you know gung-ho and by the book soldier type leave the science to someone else they can do it afterwards first let's try some bullets but there's a little bit of trivia associated with this as well and that's that someone else was meant to be the recurring, not recurring, the returning uh, companion or ally, uh, namely Ian Chesterton. Chatterton! Chesterfield. He was meant to show up and he was a teacher. So one of um, Susan's teachers from the very first episode. And I, I guess like scheduling or whatever meant that he couldn't appear. And they just replaced him with bagels. Oh my God, that's um, really weird. <laughs> <laughs> It doesn't make as much sense with bagels there, but uh, yeah. And then I guess they must have written a few more lines in there to just go, oh, hey, you're bagels, and uh, what about Benton and Sullivan and yada yada. The rest of it is basically recycled. Interesting. I guess it doesn't dramatically change anything. No, not really. From from my point of view, having um, not gone back to the older classics, like I I enjoy that this is a recurring character I recognize if they'd gone with... Chesterton, then I would have been like, "Oh, is that is that that guy? I don't Who's know. this dude?" Yeah, <laughs> uh, I, I I quite would have I would have quite enjoyed seeing Chesterton, but uh, I've I've missed the brig as well. Do you know what really got to me though? 
Although I really appreciate that they changed this for when he is younger in 1977, but the fact that that man would ever consider shaving his mustache, <laughs> uh, it, it's baffling to me because that mustache is grandiose. It's it's amazing. Yeah. Yeah. So presumably it was a consequence of his nervous breakdown in 1977. Yeah. It's all your memories are stored in your mustache. So, you know, you have to get rid of that if you want to have a clean break. Oh, shit, bananas. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, no, that's true. I read that somewhere. That's that's a true science fact. <laughs> You've been scienced. So since we were talking about the school and, and whatnot, how do you feel about Turlo and Hippo? Basically, immediate reaction is adults as kids. Uh, <laughs> fuck no. And they're annoying, posh, brassy kids. Double fuck no. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, they're meant to be high schoolers. I mean, yeah, I don't know exactly what age they're going to be. Maybe 16, 17. There is a, yeah, there, something like, I mean, there's a reference to A-levels. Oh, right. Okay. Yeah. So about that age. That's not cool, man. Like, uh, <laughs> I appreciate that people looked older back in the day, but this is also just 1983. <laughs> and these dudes are clearly in their late 20s, early 30s. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think it was quite weird. that bad. <laughs> okay, fine. So I think, I, sorry, you're right. 20s then. I think, yes, uh, Mark Strickson, who plays Turlo, uh-huh. he was he was 20, uh, 23, 24? I think probably 23 at the time. Okay. But yeah, it's, it's obvious that they aren't the age of those schoolboys. And I also feel like those first few scenes... They are acting younger as well. Like they're being almost almost kind of like posh twelve year olds with the kind of brattiness and I don't know. It's yeah. not exactly like teenage it's behavior. It's unappealing is what it is. Like it's really yeah, it's gross stupid. to watch well, adults. Yeah. Uh, yeah, exactly. <laughs> revolting. <laughs> like in the same way that it is revolting to watch a clown perform anything. Uh, it's <laughs> just it's not okay. <laughs> It's interesting that we we have this whole setup. Like they get characters, Turlo and Hippo. Uh, Turlo, who has his like full character arc going from Sebastian in Brideshead to Draco Malfoy towards the end, and the other guy who's. Uh, <laughs> I mean, we both had we uh, noticed this before we press record podcast. Like both Jim Cakes and I had uh, Harry Potter references in our notes. Uh, while Turlo is Draco for me, uh, Hippo is. Why he just looked a bit like Harry Potter with his glasses. That's all. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. <laughs> he's probably more a Ron, to be fair. He, he. Oh, you're right. Yeah. Yes, he's absolutely a Ron. But so, so they they start off like Draco's in some way taking advantage of him. He's the uh, perhaps slightly more arrogant, gung ho chap who will blame Hippo for everything. And Hippo slash Harry Potter becomes this sad sack, spineless scapegoat. But then we just leave it there. They steal a car, they crash a car, <laughs> we just leave it. And what happens to them? What happens to Hippo? We never even revisit him. Is he going to be expelled? I actually forgot where they left that, because they because Turlo was being total arseface and blaming Hippo for it. Yeah. And he got called into the headmasters, and and then Turlo even like said to Hippo's face, I've taken the blame for it. Yeah, like a massive arse clown. Was there any follow-up after that? I forgot. No, no, there's no, no follow-up. <laughs> this is a completely abandoned subplot. <laughs> so unless 
a few episodes from now or serials from now, we return to 1977 or whenever it is and drop off Turlow, we will never find out what happens to poor Hippo. The poor guy is going to be expelled. He's going to develop a, a phobia of cars. Uh, he's... <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I guess at least the Brigadier is there. He can maybe look after him. Because the Brigadier is going to have to explain that Turlow hasn't come back. Turlow's just disappeared. Okay, so this is where maybe we need to start talking about timelines and stuff. Because does Brig even remember that? Does he remember? So do you think they've changed time? So they changed well, his memories and actions? Or? I, I think they've fixed his memories in 1983. But I think he basically suffers a... Um, a quote-unquote nervous breakdown in 1977 because the same matter can't occupy the same space according to time cop rules. This like this serial operates on time uh, time cop rules, but I don't know if that also goes back because in 1983 he struggles to remember uh, Tegan. He struggles. To, he doesn't remember Nissa at all. He doesn't remember having gone into the TARDIS. You know, he doesn't remember any of those things. And weirdly, they've allowed him to continue working at this school for, <laughs> for six years. Like clearly. This school is happy to have completely amnesiac maths teachers, but I would I would assume that he doesn't remember Turlo. Wait, I'm confused now. It, it, Turlo comes from 1983, doesn't he? Oh shit, bananas! He does, doesn't he? Yes, you're right. I'm so sorry. You're, you're absolutely right. He comes from money. Oh, yeah. So 77 yeah, you're right. bagels. I'm so sorry. Still, so I think we've basically seen a loop, haven't we? Like the coming together of the bagels, the uh-huh. the infinity overlap of bagels if you if you will um <laughs> still happens exactly like it did and he yeah in 77 loses his memories works at that school yeah 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 you're completely right about that so turlo is just gone he will remember this but can't say anything yeah you're right so maybe he saves hippo's bacon hippo's bacon <laughs> mm, tasty I would like to think that Bagels will look out for the kid that was getting picked on. But actually, I'm not convinced. Bagels was occasionally a bit of an arsehole in this. Mm, That's another question I I have here. Is Bagels a chauvinist in this serial, in your opinion? Because he gets called a chauvinist, or possibly a sexist. Um, He does, and I definitely thought that was the case at the time. I'm struggling to find my note. Do you remember what he says to... I think it's to both of them. Isn't it? Tegan and Nissen. Yeah, to Nissen. Yeah, you're right. And he tells them to stay put while he goes and, and, I don't know, finds the doctor or something. But he refers to them as you girls. Yeah. And he gives them an order. He says, that is an order. And I'm not sure that it is meant to be sexism. I, I, I had, had that line not been delivered by, it's Tegan, isn't it, who calls him a sexist or chauvinist. Chauvinist, had that line yeah. not been answered, my mind wouldn't have gone there. I would have assumed, oh, this guy doesn't understand that he's not in the military anymore. He can't order people around. Like, to him, everyone is a junior officer, while he is a brigadier. Yeah. But I was curious to hear your opinion about it. I mean, it's it's the girls thing, which I'm having to I'm having to accept, having rewatched um, Scrubs more recently, which is early 2000-ish. And, you know, I have to yeah. accept that actually people not referring to adult women as girls is quite a new thing we're still trying to <laughs> get through. So in the 80s, 
yeah, it was very commonplace to return to refer to adult women as girls. But to address two women and say, you girls will stay here, I think that does have a different ring to it because it's it's identifying them when he didn't need to as, you know, in quotes, girls. And that, that rings a chauvinism to me. He shouldn't have called them that regardless, I guess. Yeah, I think that's, that's the thing. He's, over, over, he's overstepping his his uh, bounds for sure in some way whether, yeah. whether it's just uh, acknowledging that these are companions of the doctor so obviously they are capable they're in the tardis um i don't know if he's seen nissa like how capable nissa is probably has already so. actually i'm not sure like she she throughout this entire serial i feel like um kind of like walks around the tardis console continually like she knows what she's doing like in fact, she might even have to open the door for him to, to go out. I, can't I, remember. Think she, I think she does, yeah. yeah. That's a, another point, actually, from, from prior Doctor Who. I'm not sure that he was ever in the TARDIS. Do, do you remember if he ever entered oh, the TARDIS? That's an interesting point. I'm not sure that he ever did enter the TARDIS. And there's a point here where he goes, oh, you've redecorated Doctor. It's like, how would you know, man? Like, uh, come on. <laughs> You don't even remember the last six years of your life. <laughs> and also, you were never in here, I think. Maybe I'm wrong about that. Podcast land, pop a comment on the, on the website. It's possible that I've forgotten something. Yeah, I'm not, I'm not sure. I, I can kind of imagine him not actually caring a lot for some reason. Like, it's just like, oh, yeah, the Doctor, you, you'll come in the TARDIS and you know, we'll, we'll go with our troops and our Yeah, exactly. Our I, and stuff. It, yeah. Almost as though he chose, like, actively chose not to, possibly out of skepticism or... Like maybe even fear maybe just like a i'm not gonna touch that that seems like a really dodgy space gizmo like I'm, i don't yeah. want to go anywhere near it i mean I, I did a quick google and someone has asked this question like has oh, really? ever traveled in the tardis and apparently apart from some novelizations and then the fifth doctor's serial which was this one that must oh, sorry, be the, one, the right? five doctors <laughs> serial which oh, we're sorry, sorry. still away from aren't we that's yeah a good couple of years away that's like next season i think or something oh, was it or is the next one? Oh, okay um yeah i think this might be the first time and yeah that's Bingo. a very good point <laughs> <laughs> check <laughs> and i pop that in the floors column <laughs> <laughs> i was just gonna say i guess that might be a case of the um it's chesterton isn't it ian chesterton um yeah dialogue oh, being yes. left in or something i don't know yes you're right yeah that makes perfect sense okay i do have a question which here we go here we go here we go i i oh, feel yes. like either i've been really stupid or we're gonna have some fun talking about this and what what this means because turlo is an alien yeah <laughs> <laughs> I'm assuming so, yeah. I, it, <laughs> yeah, it's not just it, me being crazy. No, he's... Is never why does addressed. he know so much about space and time and science and TARDISes and stuff? And no one reacts to it. I Everyone's know. like, yeah, no, I mean, you're in high school. Of course you know what a TARDIS is. <laughs> yeah, I mean... The first thing I wrote about this, it, fair enough, he was talking to the Guardian, which was a, a weird scenario where he was basically having an out-of-body experience. But he, yeah. he says, I hate Earth, in a stupid, yeah, bratty exactly. way. And it's like, who the fuck says that? <laughs> like, you, you might say, my life <laughs> shit, or something like that. Like, I want something to change. Not, I hate the planet I live on that I've, I've never left. Very few people have left. the only and reality I'm aware of. <laughs> yeah. yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> 
he also, I mean, he wants to get on the spaceship so that he can either go back home or at the very least leave. He wants to just I, I get I think out he does talk about going back home, yeah. Right, okay, so clearly he is extraterrestrial. It bothered me to a degree that no one reacted to this, and there were a few occasions when I thought, haha, we're gonna get to this towards the end, and Doc is just playing along. Like, Doc, Doc has sussed him out. But Doc doesn't understand this himself, and towards the end, we don't get any kind of closure. Holy shit, I just realized something. Unless, unless Doc does know, and that's why he allows him to travel in the TARDIS, because he wants to keep tabs on him. I mean, I would like to believe that. I would have liked to have seen more, like, hint uh, of the Doctor's awareness in this. I I have just, like you say, the fact that he's an alien. Like, he's so obvious an alien to the audience like with a slight question mark over because it's not addressed properly but yeah like, but why is he living life as a teenager in the uk I, yeah f- fucking hell <laughs> that's twilight that's logic that's the, <laughs> yeah, the, that's the twilight logic of like yeah no i've lived for centuries but no no, no to go incognito i'm gonna live the life of a child <laughs> because that's fine i'm not gonna not be stimulated by that it's like it's hor- it, that would be hell on earth and he doesn't have to go to this school. He doesn't have to be a brass. He could he could move into whatever. He could live in a monastery and just meditate or be a scientist or do anything. He could live the life of an adult. Well, I, he actively I chooses hope, not to. Yeah. I sort of hope that they are going to properly stick with this and address it. Because there was another thing dropped in about his parents are dead. And the headmaster deals with some creepy solicitor guy in London. So it's like either it is the Black Guardian or it's someone else from his race, perhaps. I don't know. I would, I would, yeah, maybe. You would think it has to be someone he knows or he thinks he's coerced, maybe into looking after him, like like his welfare. Yeah. And yeah, but then again, like, why would he like? uh, Listen, I need you to pretend to be my solicitor because I desperately want to live an a non an understimulating existence as a high schooler. <laughs> I mean, maybe. <laughs> sorry. <laughs> maybe it was uh, just like, oh, you're a child, and so you'll you you'll be found out if you're just walking around the streets. Um, but of course, no one turns around and says, "No, you look like you're 24. You'll be fine." <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, exactly. I, uh, he knows a lot about the tech that they're experiencing in this particular serial as well. And there's one point in the serial where someone talking to Morden, and Morden says something to the effect of every now and then one of us goes down to the planets and takes on the life of like just a person. And I thought for shizzle, that person was going to turn out to be Turlow. And at the end, we're going to realize like Turlow is going to mutate. And it turns out actually he's Mordrin, but like a younger version of Mordrin or something like that. So, you know, it's, it's, whatever it is, he is also one of these mutant shit nozzles. Uh. But nay, this is not the case. No, that would be far too interesting. <laughs> So I don't want to look him up. I, I'm super duper curious, but I don't want to look him up because I really want... I mean, feel free to, by the way, if you, if you fancy it. But I feel like it would be a bit of a spoiler to not just see this through one serial at a time. But I did see one thing, and that is that he is... I mean, this is not a spoiler because we get this at the very end. He is an official companion. Yeah, I, I, I had that... 
I didn't have that spot. I I think I knew as soon as I saw him, I knew that this was an actor that played a companion. Oh right, okay, I had no idea. Him. I forget. I I think maybe it's just flicking around like DVD covers or something. I don't know. But I did find it off-putting that yeah, the Wikipedia entry had him listed as a companion. Like especially, oh, like right. maybe it's just just what they do for all companions is like when they pop up, they get put under the companion thing. But. He is not a companion in this serial. It doesn't feel like it, but I wonder how maybe he's going to stick around for another few episodes and then that kind of does make him a companion. But he's also a total backstabber. I mean, he yeah. he's almost more of a villain than a companion. He, he's meant to murder Doc at one point. Uh, pretty much all points. I mean... Yeah, no, sorry, you're right. <laughs> <laughs> I, thought, I sort of forgotten. How, how does it end with the Black Guardian? Do we get a last thing where like Turlo still has to honor that contract? I guess so. I mean that we we do have the Black Guardian at the end saying something like until you fulfilled your part of this weird Faustian pact, I will be, you know, I'm keeping my eyes on you. I will always be nearby. So we'll probably get the Black Guardian again as well. Yeah. Oh, I don't want to look ahead. I I I want to be surprised by this. Although I have a feeling I will, it will not be a surprise when it <laughs> when it happens. Like I'm, I'm assuming that we will get the Black Guardian as long as we will have uh, Turlo. I might have accidentally seen some information about this, so I won't I won't spoil it. Oh, oh, oh. <laughs> I just I just double check the transcript, and yeah, so we get a voiceover. I think of the Guardian basically shouting because the Brigadiers are going to converge and threatening Turlo to intervene or destroy him, and yeah. then. We get Turlo noticing that the crystal has cracked. So I guess maybe they're setting up where Turlo thinks the Black Guardians are out of the picture. but Like he's free. Yeah, it's yeah. not really going to be. No, I assume not. It's been a while since we had the Black Guardian, by the way. That was in whatever it was. <laughs> Armageddon Factor. Back in the um, Key to Time stuff, was it? That's right. Yeah, yeah. It was a Key to Time. I can't remember which one, but one of the Key to Times. Yeah, I was sort of glad that he was back but then i other than his amazing voice i wasn't like super enamored with <laughs> what was happening with his character i don't know it just felt a bit why why do you say amazing voice <laughs> did you like it yeah he was incredible <laughs> did you not like it <laughs> it was I mean, yeah, I did, <laughs> but it was so <laughs> naff. <laughs> I liked it only because, in the same way that I like bad movies. <laughs> um, like some of the yeah. acting might have been not great, but his actual, like, was it tone and resonance and stuff? It was like he was acting in a Canon Films production. He he, he was so over the top. <laughs> Like a living cartoon character. I don't was, remember if he was, was like that in Armageddon Factor. Oh, sorry. Yeah, I can't remember. But I, I found his his I don't know appearances basically through this serial as just a little bit underwhelming most of the time. The fact that he's trying to like as is portrayed without a lot of nuance, this child <laughs> to go and kill yep. a time lord. <laughs> like this is. This is the amount of puppetry you're capable of. This supposed like guardian that's more powerful than all of the Time Lords put together sort of thing. You can yeah. pop a crystal a in a dying kid's pocket and then tell him to do stuff. <laughs> but he must I mean, know who Turlo really is. Presumably. Because don't you think that there's a reason why he went to Turlo and not to Hippo? He didn't go, hey, Harry, you're my dude. He went straight for Draco because he knew that Draco, that MFer is an alien villain in the making. Or he just knows a double-crossing bastard when he sees one. Oh, also, yeah. <laughs> 
I just found another one of my notes here, by the way, and it's about hippo. So, sorry, this is just going back to the point of, oh, bagels probably went back and saved hippo's bacon. Mm. There's a point where he says to hippo, uh, I'm paraphrasing here, your body is disgusting. Oh, God, yes. This was the other asshole moment. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Brigid is being a right bastard insulting the kid's weight. Yeah, Tick. exactly. <laughs> Not okay, man. <laughs> And right after that, I have no idea what this reference is, but it was like, whoa, that's some intense music. <laughs> oh, all oh, right. We should talk about the music because the, it is, like, it, it's all over the place. It's occasionally like low budget, royalty free disco music. Uh, sometimes it's like ridiculously playful and then it cuts really abruptly to some knockoff John Carpenter score. It is uh, crazy bananas. <laughs> Is it like just on the nose 80s? I don't know. Or is it um, crazier it, than that? It's very 80s. I don't know if it's, I don't think it's like quintessentially 80s. I think it's really, really ill-placed at times. Yeah. No, I definitely, I think that's what my note is, is a kind of pointer to. It's just like, I should not be as aware of the music as you are making me aware right now. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> you just cranked it up to 11 <laughs> for some reason. <laughs> Okay, I got a question for you, non-music related, but along the same lines as Draco's an alien, right? But no one notices it. Why does everyone assume that Mordrin is the Doctor? I have no fucking clue. <laughs> it's like a burnt dude is just lying on the floor in this the, the, the cruise liner ship. And yeah. Yeah, Nissa and Wearing Tegan, different clothes. Yeah, different code clothes different color hair looks like a different man <laughs> his brain is outside like, of his body <laughs> his brain has a you couldn't, see, you couldn't see the brain stuff could you maybe i don't know but yeah no you're like, probably right so obviously not the doc <laughs> <laughs> and everyone including bagel just goes oh, doctor <laughs> like yes <laughs> what <laughs> Of course Mordrin went, yes. If you're <laughs> if you're a bad guy and someone mistakes you for the protagonist, just lean into it. Just go for it. <laughs> yeah, I think I never really recovered from how stupid it was that they assume the burnt guy is the doctor to then get on board with the whole discussion is like he's regenerated and this is just a different face. I think I just was like, no, come on, put someone, just engage your brain slightly. And the fact that the brigadier just goes along with it 100% and I think it's Tegan's really the one that's kind of trying to pull the brakes on the idea. Oh, right. Yeah. Which, you know, fair play to her. But yeah, everyone else is like, why are you being so fucking stupid? <laughs> <laughs> You're on an alien ship. You haven't seen any of the the crew or passengers yet. Here is someone you haven't met before. Maybe just assume it's one of them. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, very, very odd. And a similar... And what is the deal... Oh, sorry, go for it. Um, I think I can segue into another moment of how uh -huh. stupid is this person. Because <laughs> Turlo has his version of this when he's he's in the hospital bed, I think it is. I forget. And the headmaster is like having a casual chat with him. And he's basically saying, I've been up to this spaceship and like telling it all the events that have happened. And the headmaster's like, ah, yeah, yeah, fine. And, and then what happened? Oh, I see. <laughs> yes. Okay. Yeah. Transmat. Perfectly. Yeah. And he's just like, no, come on. I know you might be an alien, but you've been to this school. You realize what humans are like here. Yeah? What what events happen on Earth? None of this is normal. The headmaster would be freaking the fuck out. That's obviously the Black Guardian. You stupid fuckwit. <laughs> I'd forgotten about that scene. <laughs> Everyone is just so stupid in this. Scene. 
<laughs> it's really actually starting to bug me. <laughs> so that is a scene where the Black Guardian can take over. Either he can take over someone else's identity or he can portray himself. You know, he can interact with people, physically interact with people. He is physically in that room, right? I don't know. Can we say he was physically there? I'm not sure. Well, he but at least ob- appears to be physically there. Yeah. Like he is... There's uh, like a hallucination. He is as present there as he was with Sebastian when they are in the weird, like, uh, low-resolution hypnotic wheel in the background thing (laughs) when he's having his out-of-body experience. So why doesn't he do that all the time? Why doesn't he appear on the spaceship, on the cruiser, talking to people? Why doesn't he pull strings like that? Would make a lot more sense and show how powerful he is. And yeah. Yeah, yeah, that, that checks out. I mean, if if he can physically manifest himself as well, why have stupid kid do anything? <laughs> Just walk yes, up to exactly. the dock with a rock yourself. <laughs> <laughs> um, I've got more why questions for you. Why are all the mutant chaps on the spaceship stuck in a closet behind a secret door? <laughs> I never actually even thought about that. Yeah, that is really stupid. <laughs> Because it's just them aboard this spaceship, right? Like, if you have eternity to be in, in relative pain, why would you all be in a closet? Why hide yourself or yourselves this, aboard a, a cruise ship when no one else is? Is, is there a ship or they've taken control of it at least? Yeah. I, well, I mean, no one else is aboard this cruise liner. No. I mean, that is another question of mine. Why is there a cruise liner? There's like a luxury <laughs> cruise ship. Because the BBC had just finished doing a, well, maybe not Titanic, but something similar series, and they had some sets. Something set in in, uh, the 1920s, perhaps, because it is very Art Deco. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) (laughs) But then uh, loads of people comment on it as well. I think think Tegan maybe, I think Tegan and Nissa have a little conversation about this, you know, weird, uh, oh, yeah, what does... Tegan says like it's the, more like the Queen Mary, and then when there's uh, no one found at all, it's like, ah... Well, maybe the Mary Celeste. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Speaking to uh, which Nissa, has appeared on Doctor alien. Who before. Oh, wait, sorry. What now? Uh, as, you know, she's saying this to Nissa, the alien who probably knows oh, nothing yeah. of Earth's history. <laughs> oh, I'm assuming that Nissa <laughs> on Traken grew up uh, watching BBC reels and knows all about the Mary Celeste. Oh yeah. yeah. Um, <laughs> You were saying uh, the Mary Celeste has happened on Doctor Who? Yeah, the Mary Celeste appeared in, I think it was very rarely brought up on Who Back When, The Chase. I think it was The Chase. Maybe it was the Dalek Master Plan, but I, I, I feel like it was The Chase. But yeah, anyway, Daleks were aboard the Mary Celeste. Ooh, cool. Pretty crazy stuff. Yeah, I don't get it. I don't think that that's something that is ever explored. It's just sort of presented. They're on a cruise ship. We don't find out why. We don't find out what happened to the people whose cruise ship it was, because presumably they stole it, they commandeered it, whatever. We also don't really understand what... Like, I mean, can you explain to me... Uh, wait, 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 wait. No, wait. I'm not even done with this ship. Wait, why does it blow up when they die? I don't know why it blows up, but I think it was explained that... So it's in uh, orbit, some something like that. Yeah. And I, yeah, something has adjusted the orbit, so it's decaying now. I, I would have expected it to like burn up around in an atmosphere oh, or something. That's, but... Oh, I see. That's why it's... Okay. I didn't realize that. I thought I thought there was something said along those lines. But yeah, I, I was a bit kind of like, I'm not sure why this is exploding now. <laughs> it adds a little bit of tension at the end. I mean, does it? <laughs> <laughs> okay, here's another question for you. Could they not just have incinerated themselves? Yeah, I don't know. I never quite understood what their 
kind of immortality was like it's weird to be immortal to the point that you can't kill yourselves but in a perpetual state of decay but i guess that's yeah that exactly. was kind of the problem somehow they've messed up time as well it's not just a physical thing it's a temporal thing as well maybe i mean they uh, I don't know. I mean, I I feel like they treat it almost as though it's this meta metaphysical ethereal thing. Because otherwise, surely, just I mean, just turn on the self destruct mechanism on this ship, or throw yourselves on a bonfire. <laughs> I mean, problem solved. If you have this, because it turns into sort of a virus at the end, right? Because um, Tiger and Nissa they start mutating as well. They get all manky and gross. So if it is a virus, just incinerate it or freeze it. If you hate being awake, freeze yourselves. Yeah, I sort of assumed that they were on ice when they were in the cupboard. Oh, really? Maybe. Yeah, they were definitely all asleep. They 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 woke up, didn't they, I think? I guess so. Oh, I like that. That's a solid explanation for that. I I think they were still talking about... forgiven. I'm, I'm whoa, 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 whoa. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, all right, okay, yeah, I'll pump the brakes. <laughs> yeah, I think I think they were still talking about like their perpetual pain. Like obviously mm. they they've woken up and they're in perpetual agony, but I almost got the impression that they were still conscious even when they were in that room. But I don't know. There were, there were lots of kind of throwaway lines and lots of wibbly wobbly stuff. I genuinely did not even like hear, like follow along with, let alone understand. <laughs> like so many gadgets uh panels little boxes that doc is trying to make wibbles wobble with and half of them go at the end of it (laughs) (laughs) see i think the techno babble was actually pretty good in this one i as in i I don't know if it made sense on any level but i i enjoyed it i think i probably did enjoy it too yeah i just had no idea (laughs) what was going on Like the whole, all the journeys with the transmat and the fact that it it was interfering with the TARDIS and then eventually Doc had rewired it so the transmat would kind of transmat onto the TARDIS, but then it, they were in the wrong location, the wrong time or something. I don't know. So many things going on where it's like, ah, this will happen. Oh no, but this thing changed. And so it doesn't happen. And yeah, I had no idea what was going on. What happens when Doc and, uh, what's his face, Draco, they get in, hang on, wait, remind me, they get into the team out capsule and they go back to Earth. But at some point, they I, I feel like they do that, but only Doc arrives. Like they are separated and I don't, maybe I missed something there. I don't, I don't think anyone got separated. I think, um, let me, let me think, let me think. I think there was maybe an incident with Tegan and Nyssa thinking if, Maybe Turlo had gone back on his own, and they so if Turlo was there, then the Doc should be there. But Doc never actually went in the transmat, oh. or something like that. I can't remember. Yeah, I do. I do recall that kind of confusion though, where it's like you, you expect two people to be there, and actually one of them wasn't. It's only, yeah, yeah. I'm I'm getting my scenes mixed up, but I I I do have the rec- a recollection of some kind of confusion along those lines as well. I have a a very possibly mundane question, but oh, here we go. I didn't, I did not pick up at all on how the hell Mordrin knows who everybody is. Uh, wait, does he? He knows who Doc is, right? As in, he recognizes the Doctor as a Time Lord. Yes, but he he names like this is whole part of I think the trying to convince them that he's the next regeneration of the Doctor. You're right. Like, You're he, right. Calls Nissa and Tegan and I can't remember if Bagels is there at the time, but definitely Nissa I think and this Tegan. Pre Bagels. He, but you are right. He does. He does. Re- no, no. Bagels does show up, and he's like, "Oh, my friends, uh, Bagels, Nissa, Tegan. Oh, 
you got to help me. And bagels is like, oh, what? we don't have any, we don't have a choice. We have to assume that he's the doctor and, you know, just in case. So we don't accidentally lose Doc. Yeah. And then they dematerialize in the TARDIS. I, I don't remember. Like, maybe this is the thing that I, I didn't quite catch, but you mentioned earlier where they say that they go to Earth to kind of, I don't know, what, I don't know what the hell they're doing. Maybe looking for more solutions. Like, it's the only place they can go. So they're continually trying to find help. Well, I think that's Doc situation. and Malfoy. Oh, I mean, Podcast Land is just screaming at us at the moment. <laughs> they probably have been screaming <laughs> at us for about half an hour now. The, the, yeah. <laughs> there is definitely a scene where Doc and Malfoy go back to Earth because they um, they look at the little gizmo inside the you know the the base of the statue or the fountain or whatever it is. The thing that uh, Malfoy had to press in order to get the team mass to arrive. Mm. So that's, oh, holy shit, bananas. Here's another, oh, this is just like a, this whole podcast episode is going to be a series of questions that we can't necessarily answer. So here's another <laughs> one for you. Why is there a button inside the base of that statue that is linked with the spaceship? So if you press the base, the team ad arrives. Why? Because for some reason they hadn't invented remote controls in their society. Yeah, but why is it there? <laughs> Someone must have gone down and popped a button inside that statue. Like, I mean, there's a gizmo. There's like a little box that explodes. Do you remember? Like, the box explodes. Yeah. So someone I put mean, it there. This is presumably meant to be... Th- maybe maybe this is something that we missed. Maybe these are the people that were originally on the cruise liner and somehow went to Earth and disappeared. I don't know. Or, or it is feel what like you that's said explored. about the, the Mordrin cohort um, using it from time to time. And yeah, somehow, one of them going then, down to the surface to pretend, which is all like leading uh, to the theory of like, no, seriously, Sebastian, aka Draco Malfoy, clearly is one of them, but then he isn't. Yeah, oh, it's re- all really I, weird. I freaking really <laughs> hope that it turns out that he is one of them. And the only reason he wanted to escape was, no, he's right now, he's being given a non-mutating form that doesn't have a brain comb over. He just wants to get the shit out of Dodge before he turns back into a mutant. I'd buy that. It's a good retro rewrite if it doesn't turn out that way. <laughs> yeah. I really like that brain comb over, by the way, or whatever it is. As Mordrin turns around, that first reveal is one of the cliffhangers. When he turns around, that thing is like visibly moving. Yeah. That's very well done. I mean, I just saw spaghetti, so I, I did, I think, laugh out loud at that point. But it did it did look cool. I think as a kid, I would have been the hell of freaked out. <laughs> Here's another question for you then. So in the transcripts, just look this up. It says, Mordren says, I, Mordren, shall be a Time Lord. But that does not tally with what his his motivation is in this entire serial. They don't want to become Time Lords. They want to die. That's a very good point. Yeah. Plus, even if it was like it would restore them rather than allow them to die, they wouldn't be Time yeah. Lords. They would just exactly. be whatever they were before, presumably. Exactly. If he says, I shall be a Time Lord, that's him not having learned his lesson. That's him after centuries of <laughs> painful mutations just going, ah, I'll try again. <laughs> if once you don't succeed, if for hundreds of years you don't succeed, try, try again. Okay, on the flip side of that then. Okay. We we nearly get, obviously we're not going to get, but we nearly get Doc sacrificing himself. Yes, Not to indeed. the point of death, but to the point of no more regenerations. And the way it's said, like not being a Time Lord anymore, which not quite buying. Like it, in my mind, it's like a Time Lord with no regenerations. Like surely yeah, exactly. the differences still stand. <laughs> but I mean, how did how did you feel about all of that? He's a really good guy. Like, why oh. is he? 
I mean, he really is. He doesn't do it for Mordrin and his chaps. He does it for his companions, right? He does it because if if he doesn't do it, then his companions are going to mutate and die as well. I mean, that's what motivates him at the end. And it, yeah, it didn't look like he was going to do it for Mordrin, did it? No, yeah, and the, were, I mean, he even says, like, away, uh, yeah, I mean, it, before he realizes that they can't escape without him losing his companions, he goes, well, sometimes you just have to pay the price for your crimes. This is what Isn't happens. You, you break the law, you steal from the Time Lords, you're fucked. Like that, sometimes it's okay if you accidentally get beheaded running out of a store you've shoplifted from. <laughs> I mean, I, I guess so. But sometimes it's okay to be beheaded forever. <laughs> <laughs> Like, I, I get the conundrum, and I think it mostly played out okay, but I don't know. I found it interesting that, yeah, the, the doc would be, like, categorically, no, I, I'm not going to help you get out of your eternal suffering. And then, oh, no, two people I care about might suffer. Okay, I'm going to give up all of my Okay, I'll do it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, does, he never investigates plan C, which is, okay, hang on, l- let me have a look at this machinery and see if I can make it work. Yeah, I'm a time oh, lord. I... This is time lord technology. Maybe I can fix it. I mean, yeah, definitely. Sorry. As a, as a first start, I I also thought like I know that they are criminals in most people's eyes, but especially in the eyes of the time lords. But is this not something he could have presented to the time lords and said, "Look, these people are suffering. No, All they enough. want." All they want is to be let go. Like they don't, they don't want to carry on, you know, with their schemes or anything. Like we're literally going to just allow them to die. Like surely that's something the Time Lords could get on board. Even if like they sacrifice like one regeneration from eight different people. Yeah. Like they they have it in their ability. And yeah, I know. It's I find I find it interesting because obviously classic who does quite often set up the time lords as bastard but the, our last time lord serial uh I, I said quite a lot i felt like they were a bit more rounded and you didn't see that um massive void between the way the doctor acts and the way the time lords act quite as much yeah and good point to, to now come into a situation where they could help and it's never even mentioned as an option i found a bit weird yeah there's also Remember in the last episode that we spent, in that episode, in fact, the last time that we were on Gallifrey, they had a device that stripped people of their regenerations and like undid them. There was a, like an electric chair for Time Lords. Yeah. So why not just, if if you're going to do that anyway, and occasionally you do take regenerations away from your people, why not just... I mean, apparently you can just store them. Why not just give them to these people? Yeah, or even it's, just stick them in it, the chair. It would probably execute them. It, yeah, you're right. Stick them in the chair. That's all they want. Yeah, there's, it, mm. One of these two serials, and I'm inclined to say it's this one, is not entirely well thought through. There's something yeah. missing. <laughs> I, I Definitely, my takeaway from watching this serial was... This is a very weird, or like weirdly balanced, weirdly plotted, weirdly acted serial. Like, I don't know. Like the fact that we, you know, we start with those two adults as children that are so annoying. Yep. Um, the titular character, when does Mordred actually come in? Is it episode two? I can't remember. Uh, I think it is two. Yeah, the, so the re- reveal of the real look of Maud- Mordred is the cliffhanger of episode two. So all we have is like the burnt chap who's like pleading See, for you help saying burnt jab, but to me he didn't look that bad he was fine when they first found him wasn't he like oh no you're right he burnt. has a couple of like uh, scars on his face or something but then he's he's okay like he he basically does regenerate 
Yeah, I, di- I didn't understand what happened, to be honest. <laughs> it's like, oh, yeah, I've just washed my face. There we go. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's because he's in the TARDIS. There's the TARDIS energy somehow. Right, um, yeah. Gets him okay. But no, I'm with you. This is a, a serial that, from the start, pays no heed to uh, consequence. Everything is just like willy-nilly. Fuck it. Doesn't matter. Yeah. Grown-ups being kids, that's okay. Is it going to matter later on? Nope. Are they out of school? Yeah. Does that matter? Nope. <laughs> Crash the car? Is that the start of an arc? What car? What arc? I have no idea what you're talking about. <laughs> we'll never hear about that again. <laughs> I also want to be clear. I thoroughly enjoyed this serial. <laughs> It's a highly enjoyable serial that is really shite. <laughs> <laughs> I I think I enjoyed it. I don't know. I just I still don't know. <laughs> it didn't feel it's like a chore to watch. Complex in places. Yeah, I, I I guess that that kind of nature of it, like the duality of the the two timelines, was quite yeah. interesting and entertaining. Like it kept you on your toes, kind of like oh, right. right? Uh, they've gone back to 1977. Okay, yeah, Nissa and Tegan are in 1977. Okay, Doc's in 83. Yeah, uh, that's the older bagels. Yeah, so he must be in 83 because he's never gone back in time. Okay, right, I know what's happening. And then and then something changes and it's like, wait, oh, oh, have to think again. Oh no, that's that's still what's happening. Okay, good. <laughs> Is it just me, by the way, or has does bagels look like he's aged a lot more than six years? <laughs> Yeah, which is... I mean, they put quite... him in old person makeup for 1983, and then they really doll him up to look younger in 1977. And overall, I feel like they just create a massive gap of about 20 years. Yeah, I'm not quite sure what they did, to be honest, because I think if he looks a bit sort of tubbier in 83. Yeah, he looks tubbier, he has uh, grey hair, he has no moustache, and he I think he's more slow-moving, he's... He's just sort of elderly. He's retired. Is he retired? Yeah. No, he's not retired because he's actually still working. But I mean, yeah, he's he's basically a retiree in 1983. Whereas in 1977, he's freaking driving a sports car and just like jacking off everywhere because he's so young he can't stop having a hard on. Like he is the most virile, amazing dude ever. <laughs> I mean, thanks for that imagery in my head. (laughs) You're welcome. He can't help it. That's how virile this man is. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Where were we? (laughs) I'm not sure if we were anywhere or, or, I don't know, everyone's just stuck with imagery of of bagels. Just pounding one out. Okay, oh. can I bring up a... a oh, oh so, no, please. Go, for no, 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 go, go, for go, 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 go. Okay, this isn't even really a, a, a conversation piece, but I really want to express my admiration for one particular scene. And it's it's a montage rather than a scene, actually. There's a gorgeous montage in part two, which is clips of black and white serials going, going up to... Like, it's first Doctor, second Doctor, third Doctor, fourth Doctor. It's... So nice. We get to see, I made a list here of a few things. We get to see um, Yeti, Cybers, Troughton, Dalek, Axons, Pertwee, Hartnell, but Hartnell from the Three Doctors, not Hartnell from a First Doctor serial. Uh, The Robot from Robot, a Zygon, Tom Baker, and Bagel's Mustache. And it's it's gorgeous. It's really nice. And I I don't know, I have a question for you, actually. I I think it's in uh, Bagel's little cabin. As we get this montage, and I think that's him remembering. Do you think that Doc hypnotizes him? I I definitely didn't whilst watching it. I'm trying to think if there was anything I can recall that would hit. No, I I didn't I didn't get that. I think it was Doc. I don't know. Doc says the name of companions to him, and it just starts triggering memories. Oh, I see. He starts naming like Sarah Jane and. Oh, you're right. Yeah, 
forget who else, but yeah, the the, the ones that... Uh, Joe Grant and someone else and yeah. And every time Doc says one of their names, Bagel starts looking a bit more kind of remembering. But hang on, wait, 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 wait. When Doc mentions all these companions, he's like, yeah, Sarah Jane Smith and Joe Grant and yada, 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 and whoever, I don't know, Benton. Um, no, Benton, he doesn't remember, but the, the companions, he does not remember them. So that's that's more no. than just these six years that have been erased from his memory. That's time with like spent with Pertwee that have, has been erased, and time that's spent with Tom Baker that's been erased. Yeah, that's very true, and that's not that doesn't fit with stuff. And also, if no. all of that has been erased, surely there were significant bits of like related things that have been erased. Like if if he's on a you know a, a unit exercise and the doc's there for like two weeks or something. Like, that's a big yeah. hole in your memory. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's a massive hole in your memory. This guy should not be allowed to teach maths to kids. <laughs> On top of which, yeah. he shouldn't even... I mean, I wouldn't assume that he's even capable of doing that. His catch-ups with... you lost... Sorry? With the, his catch-ups, if he had them with the, the fellow unit lot, like, uh, if they were having, like, reunions or something, must have been really weird. <laughs> They're all talking about, oh, you, you remember when we fought the Yeti? It's like, nope. what? <laughs> no. No. <laughs> 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 oh, but Joe Grant, she was clever, wasn't she? Who? <laughs> <laughs> oh, but Benton, do you remember Benton? Oh, yeah, of course, the second-hand car salesman. That's the one. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's like it's it's really very very sad. It's incredibly sad what's happened to him. But it doesn't seem like he. Like, it, it's odd that he is still on school premises. It's it's odd that he still works there. It's odd that he isn't. Basically, I hate to say it, but it's odd that he isn't in a home, you know, being cared for because he's lost a substantial part of his identity, of his life. I don't, because yeah. he, well, um, anyway. he immediately gets found by this doctor, Dr. Runciman, and I couldn't remember the setup for how that doctor has walked up the hill and finds him just <laughs> lying there, literally seconds after he appears. <laughs> You're so right. So hang on. Uh, I didn't realize that that was him because I I did write a line which was just like, uh, who's the chubby guy at the end? You're right. There is a Dr. Ronsomer mentioned and, and Bagel says something like, uh, Dr. Ronsomer isn't going to send me to the funny farm. And yeah. when that line comes, the name Dr. Ronsomer rang a bell for me. And I wonder if that's a prior Doctor Who character. Oh, really? I'm going to look him up. Played by Roger Hammond. Oh, no. No, apparently not. Sorry, my bad. He only appears in this. Yeah, sorry. Entirely my bad. Uh, just looking at Runciman, all of a sudden I see that Turlow's name is Vi- Vizlaw or Vi- Vizlaw? Turlow. Yeah, I've, I've noticed that as well, which um, is a bit of a giveaway. I mean, with the I, I, thing, but <laughs> yeah, but who knows? Maybe it's like a, maybe it's a Czech name. You know, I, I, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm really sorry. Any Czech listeners? Like, Vizlaw sounds vaguely Czech to me. But like, it, it, regardless, like, Dag Nabbit, I don't remember that name ever being mentioned in this serial. No, it's if not mentioned in this serial. I don't think it's like, not. We, if I look for Vizlaw or Vizlaw in the um, transcript, it doesn't appear once. No, sorry, I just talked over you there again. Yeah, which uh, it, it's it does strike me as quite annoying actually that there's this character with very little explanation and the doctor and everyone else going along as if he's just well a boy for a start but yeah a human and yeah so just your run of the mill 16 year olds yeah. yeah i spotted something else in the the, the transcript uh-huh. so the whole thing about um dr ransa is it ransomman yeah 
being there when Bagels comes back in 1977 after the converging. He So this seems like a cock-up in the script, to be honest. So Bagels in 1977 is talking to Tegan, yeah. and Tegan's trying to explain stuff to get him to help, I think. Yeah. And he, I think, uh, I think Tegan says, like, something's come down. And then he says, oh, like a plane crash. Oh, I better get Dr. Runciman. Like, he'll come and help. And then Tegan mentions Batardis. And obviously, 77 Bagels remembers Batardis still. And yeah, correct. Twigs and gets on board with, oh, the doctor's here and stuff's happening. But So why is Runciman on his way? Yeah, Runciman is still... Like, no one sends for him at this point. But Runciman still appears as if the first issue of it as a, being a supposed plane crash is what has happened. Which is Holy just moly. Nonsense. Oh, freaking well Sherlocked, dude. Well done. Oh, there are so many plot holes in this. I really feel like there are a bajillion plot holes in this serial. Yeah. Is it, is it just one of those messy scripts that just got edited too much? Especially as, they, you know, they swapped out an entire character for a different one. Yeah. And they just, yeah, just didn't manage to tether it all back together. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Okay. Do you have any more questions left to hit me with? Why, yes. Thank you for asking. I do have a question for you. <laughs> We get to see a metamorphic symbiosis regenerator, which is a device that transfers regenerative energy from one person into another. This seems like exactly the kind of contraption that would have come in very handy when the master was running out of regenerations. Yeah, I was just thinking, I hadn't put my mind to it, but yeah, exactly the kind of thing he would want to steal. Yeah, why didn't he? Is it because <laughs> it didn't exist? <laughs> I mean, it seems that way, <laughs> but it, it also seems like, I mean, Doc is obviously quite often written as a special case, but the way people talk about Time Lords and how Mordrin um, talks about the Time Lords in this serial, any of them basically can operate this thing and do stuff to it. It's like, what does that mean? That the master knows about this technology? Knows Like, why hasn't he made one himself? Yeah, no, that's a super good point. If this is just something that you can put together, if you have a few um, fuses and a couple of, I don't know, Tesla coils, then freaking do it, man. Yeah. And if um, if it doesn't pop up in the future, then he's, yeah, wasted. Like, now now we know this exists. Like, fair enough. Okay. Exactly. They've hand-waved it, and now this suddenly bit of technology has always existed for the Time Lords, but whatever. Like, the Master is, I'm pretty sure, coming back. Yeah. I don't think we see the last of the Master, have we? Oh, yeah. No, no, we're going to see a, a bunch more Master, I think. There should 100% be a serial where the Master has made one of these and has lured an unsuspecting Time Lord in to like steal in is probably the doctor well, probably the doctor but yeah exactly i think it would be nice yeah. if it was a different one and he actually steals some regeneration <laughs> that'd be great yeah. maybe maybe he kidnaps the um do you remember the cockney time lord who was in the armageddon factor oh yeah <laughs> <laughs> kidnap him try to steal his regenerations and then doc has to come in save the day with his companions and exactly and we get a oh hi doctor oh very nice thanks very much <laughs> Can't remember what it, that guy's name was, but he was great. I really liked that guy. Well, geezer, how's it been going? Uh, falling down anymore? Oh, right. Apples oh, and pears. New face. <laughs> <laughs> new face, new shoes. Not bad, not bad at all. <laughs> uh, that was my only question. I definitely didn't have two. Did Did you have any questions left? <laughs> yeah, there's nothing left on the cutting room floor. Not, so, not at all. Absolutely not. <laughs> I don't really have any questions left. I have a general feeling, though, that we maybe haven't discussed the standard TARDIS team much. Yeah. So 
I don't I don't know if I have a lot of notes. I think Nissa and Tegan I actually enjoyed quite a lot in this serial. I think they hmm. they were intentionally written like we we've already talked about like Tegan standing up well not yeah, standing up to bagels and you know, calling him a show chauvinist. Absolutely, yeah. She's the one that doesn't buy into Mordrin, like claiming that he's the doctor. Nissa is often portrayed through this as, you know, a very capable assistant, I suppose. Like, I don't think she has a lot of agency per se, but, you know, she's the one that's relied upon to basically do stuff with the TARDIS. And yeah, I don't know. I feel like she's slotted into a nice kind of position of responsibility. Yeah. Yeah, agreed. Agreed. Those two are really maturing in a way. As in, as characters, they're really maturing. We've had them on... This is not another, like, oh, they're kids, they're children, or they're girls kind of comment. I don't mean like that. I mean, like, they're they're mature characters in the sense that they have proper character development. There's progression there. They are... They're both on their respective arcs, and we have gotten to know them. And probably, I think both of us have kind of changed our opinions of them over time since they arrived. I'm no longer as annoyed by Tegan. I'm no longer thinking, oh, God, just get rid of this person. She's so annoying and such a waste uh, aboard the TARDIS. She's actually really good. She's very strong. She's independent. She's uh, uh, resourceful. As you say, she stands up for herself. She stands up for, for, uh, for women. She stands up for young people, for civilians. She's a strong character. Yeah, I think, um, I think when she's written well, actually, she's like, probably actually my favorite character in the show, you know. Oh, interesting. Because very recently we had just Doc and Nissa mm. running around. Do you remember when, when Tegan turned into the bad guy in whatever it was, Snake Dance? Oh, it's the last one, the latest one. She was the bad guy in Snake Dance and we had Doc and Nissa running around. When we saying like, this is great, this is how it should be. We should have Doc and one companion and Nissa's the one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But what is a mind if not something to change, eh? <laughs> That's true. Oh, so very, very true. But I, I think it's like I think it changes obviously because the writing changes. These characters don't stay the same, unfortunately. They do go a bit up and down, um, depending on the story. But I think I do and I think I always enjoyed Nissa because she came in as a capable companion from the start like she is an alien that has alien knowledge and understands the technologies in a way that not as advanced as a time lord but you know way more than a human that's for sure and she's already already kind of slotted into that and is just getting better in that field and that is entertaining her being the assistant to the doctor works really well and being able to you know uh, basically pilot the TARDIS and the doc, doc can lean on her to do repairs and all this kind of stuff and She's way more entertaining in that role than Andrik was, that's for sure. <laughs> Holy moly, yes. But in the same... Yeah, she doesn't have sorry. the same arrogance that he had. No, sorry, sorry, I didn't mean to talk over you there. Yeah, no, she she basically just, yeah, she does it with, I guess, I guess humility and understanding. And, you know, she yeah, just wants to be there and, and help and be part of the journey. But I think the the thing that they can do with Tegan is more of that kind of Leela vibe of someone that and I, I don't know if it's more more a new Who companion thing as well. Like when they get that right, is like this is the human representative of the viewer, and so you need them to ask questions and to poke holes at things and to stand up against alien ideas, you know, and, and this kind of stuff. And she fills that hole. Yeah, and often when... not to understand necessarily. Like they're the the character that prompts a dialogue about diversity, for example. Exactly. Yeah. So yeah, I, so I think the... I I 
kind of naturally want to like her as much, you know, as much as I didn't like her at the start, I wanted to like her because she was our our way into the TARDIS, effectively. Uh, yeah, we've definitely changed our minds about her. I, <laughs> I think that's wonderful. I think that's probably testament to a, a, a well-crafted character. Yeah. I am fully expecting to hate her in a future It's interesting that you brought up series. Andrik before. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure we will, by the way. Um, how do you feel about right. maybe rating this? Ooh, excellent suggestion. Let's... And now it is time to rate this. Did we laugh or hate this? Bing bong, bing bong, hey, la 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 la. Ratings. I've sectioned this into thumbs up, thumbs down again. Thumbs up column. I'm going to put bagels in that, apart from the couple okay. of asshole moments. Yeah, okay. Yeah, I think bagels was uh, was fun to have in this. Good to see him again. Tegan, I yeah already mentioned during her in this era, during her when she's written well, like she's standing up for herself, and in this occasion, Nissa as well. She's the one that wasn't buying Mordrin's lies. There's also a nice moment at the end where she actually thanks the doc for risking everything for her and Nissa. Like, uh, yeah, that's a, a nice character trait to have, to be grateful. True, yeah. yeah. Yeah, Nissa as well, I thought was very good. Like she, like I say, it's like this very capable kind of TARDIS assistant, I think is the sort of role she slots into. She also had a moment at the end where she confronts Mordrin after, you know, being infected. So I think they both kind of get nice moments in this serial where they're either standing up for themselves or just like holding people to account and it's like that's good yeah this is a good trait from companions tick 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 nice okay the other thumbs up it's a bit more of a general thing because like i don't think i have specifics for doc but doc i think is thumbs up because i enjoyed enjoyed davison in this serial i don't i think there may be a couple of moments when he was being a bit shitty towards tegan yeah i think tegan starts this serial worried about the after effects of being possessed by the mara as you would be <laughs> And oh, yeah, he's that's true. a bit yeah, dismissive of that. that. Yeah, which um, yeah, wasn't that cool. I think there was some other moment as well. But otherwise, I think he was uh, you know, pretty much in control of stuff, ignoring the elephant in the room of the, that guy's an alien. Uh, but <laughs> it's, yeah, it was fun stuff to watch. But there are definitely some negatives for me. Thumbs down moments being, I think, actually the Black Guardian as a whole. Yeah. Uh, dis <laughs> despite I did kind of enjoy the, the the sound of his voice at least. Um I totally am picking up what you're putting down, Leon, about the the hamminess of the the acting and the portrayal. The 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 quote I've I've got to sum all this up is in the name of all that is evil <laughs> <laughs> I mean <laughs> What? <laughs> That's such schlock nonsense. It's so ridiculous. <laughs> These dislikes um, are probably not going to surprise anyone. So let's speed this up a bit. Adults as kids. Yuck. Um, he's obviously an alien, you idiots. That's obviously not the doctor, you idiots. That's the Black Guardian, not the headmaster. You fuckwit. There are plot holes. There are loose ends. There are new Time Lord tech plot devices that, yeah, you're right to point out. The master should be just like all over that shit. Yeah, um, yeah real, real shame to have so many mixed up stuff in this in this serial that you're just left with questions, really. And the the kicker at the end as well of no, no, why why is this Turlo character that has been found in the TARDIS multiple times just fiddling at the controls is obviously an alien, like is obviously a creepy dude, and he just joins <laughs> joins the TARDIS crew at the end. It's like, no, what the hell's happening here? That all said, I did 
I did enjoy watching this. Like, it's it's probably the most mixed bag of mixed bags in my mind. So I couldn't I couldn't sway one way or another. I just had to go straight down the middle, 2.5. 2.5? Holy moly. Okay, right. That's where uh, you undercut me by two, isn't it? <laughs> uh, uh, no. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I'm going to end up regretting my rating. I can feel it. Okay. <laughs> and the reason I, I'm going to regret it is because I, I agree with everything you've just said. All of that resonates with, with how I feel about this. So, so yeah, bravo. Consequently, my rating is going to seem slightly incongruous. But yeah, okay, I'll, I'll start off by saying this is a serial that, and maybe I, I did allude to this earlier as well, that this is a serial where there is nothing of consequence. There are no consequences, only coincidence. Like there are so many wild coincidences that are, it, it's redonkulous. And, and sometimes it, 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 it just feels, I don't want to say just, it feels a little, oh, this is a mean word to use, lazy. Jumping into the characters, though. Doc is great. Tegan, spectacular. I don't need to elaborate on these. I thought that we got very little Nissa, so I don't really have an opinion about her, but having just heard your exquisite mini, yes, I agree with you. Actually, what we do get from her is, it is positive, but I could have done with a bit more. Uh, we also get the return of a couple of classic characters, which is, like, overall, it is positive, but there are serious negatives within those positives. One, the Black Guardian, as you as you said, who I wrote down in my notes <laughs> before starting this little mini, I wrote down he was a bag of shite in this one. But paradoxically, <laughs> having just heard you go, oh, you know what, I thought he was good, but then you made me aware that it's so hammy, it's utter shite. Paradoxically, you You've made me come around to him as a bit of a sort of <laughs> charming, schlocky canon film sci-fi baddie. <laughs> Especially the quote that you just delivered, the in the name of all that is evil or whatever. Uh, yeah, I, he would be quite convincing on the set of Masters of the Universe. He could be one of Skeletor's cronies. I'd buy that. Another classic character, Bagels, obviously always happy to get a slice of that chap, but I feel like he's hard done by and his character progression doesn't make much sense. Uh, it's as we said before, ostensibly, it appears that when unit men retire, they turn into Ian Chesterton, and that to me does not seem logical. <laughs> um, as for the aliens, they fall into two camps. First off, we got the mutants. They are rather interesting, but they don't make sense. And secondly, we have Sebastian, who is just such an unsympathetic and unbelievable character from the start that I have great difficulty reconciling the fact that we're now stuck with him for a while. And by Sebastian, by the way, I mean Draco Malfoy, and I would also like to point out that in my notes, Hippo is referred to as Aloysius. The fact that he is now a companion is terrifying to me, <laughs> because nothing bad ever came from having three companions aboard the TARDIS, right? But the only positive that I can glean from having him aboard, because I did not, I never liked him throughout four episodes, I never liked that guy. The only positive came from the look on Tegan's and Nissa's faces at the end, when Doc goes, yeah, you're like my surrogate uh, Adric, you can come aboard. And those two look like they're about to vomit into their laps. And it's, <laughs> it's like, good, uh, I can get on board with this. Anyway, it's still interesting to have a homicidal maniac aboard the TARDIS, in addition to the Doctor, I mean. Uh, the plot, let's close off with this. Uh, the plot, does it make sense? I'm not sure that it does, but I have said it before, I love it when time travel becomes a legitimate aspect of a narrative, and the way that it's used here is fascinating to me. It was such a thrill to realize that Doc and his companions, respectively, were in different time zones, and the same matter can occupy the same space, the time cop logic, although it made no sense, and is a rule that has been broken a myriad times 
names on the show, by the title character, no less. And ultimately, in this serial, and to bookend this little mini of mine, is of no consequence, because the same matter does touch the same space, and the spaceship doesn't explode as a consequence, and no one does die. Only one dude loses his memory for a few years. So, despite all that, it is of no consequence, but it is still good television. I really liked it. So overall, I like this piece of crap. It's one of the most clever and entertaining dumpster fires I've seen in a long while, and I therefore award it a staggering 3.8. What? <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. You started your mini, and I was genuinely going to jump in and go, oh shit, I've gone too high. I need to knock off like half a point <laughs> How does you get to a 3.8? Because <laughs> of the time travel and because of the timelines, because yeah, bagels. I mean, <laughs> that sets good up points, something that is but... so grandiose, I think. Sorry? Yeah. No, no there is a fair point. There's a fair point. I, <laughs> I totally forgot about the stupid coincidental timing of the convergence energy replacing the regeneration oh, energy. Oh, that's so dumb, isn't it? That. Like, that's, that's so dumb. That's what popped into my head when you were going about the coincidences. And I was like, I need to knock off half a point of my score because that was just ridiculous. <laughs> <laughs> but fine, I'll leave it as it is. <laughs> Uh, yeah, the only thing that can possibly uh, save us, or kill us rather, is if we get any one specimen from this very rare life form in the, in the universe, and they, are, they volunteer to sacrifice their lives for us. Oh, or we could just take two dudes from the same time, and like, or from different times, and get them to shake hands. Why don't we do that? That seems much easier. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. wow. Okay, well... We we are sort of in agreement, but not in agreement. Um, let's see how the hell uh, podcast land have reconciled this thing in their heads. <laughs> yeah, let's do it. <laughs> I'm so sorry, dude. This love is now let's hear from podcast land. Max to fifty, or it would get out of hand. And welcome to the listener mini section of this podcast episode. Well done, you made it. You lucky. You lucky made people. it. <laughs> <laughs> this week we've got whoa we've got eight listener minis mm, whoop, whoop. as many regenerations as dog hand to sacrifice oh coincidence coincidence <laughs> i think not <laughs> and first out of the gate we have got steven, steven from canada, from canada. <laughs> hello steven Hello, Stephen. That sounded in sync to me, which means it will be totally out of sync. <laughs> it was totally out of sync in my ears. <laughs> <laughs> Stephen starts. This story is awesome. From nice. fantastic callbacks to an amazing story, this one has it all. The return of the Black Guardian was amazing and caught me by surprise. I absolutely loved the key to time season. If I ever go back to make reviews, expect five out of five for the whole season. Holy so moly. seeing that loose end tied up was fantastic. The crispy doctor and regeneration fake out was dark and mysterious. Though I wish they kept the uncertainty about the true nature of Mordrin a little longer. The production value of his story is incredible. Great costumes, gorgeous sets, oh, yeah. and awesome music really pull the whole thing together. <laughs> Not sure about the music being awesome, but I'm absolutely on board with the sets and costumes. Well done. <laughs> Uh, Stephen continues, there is one omission uh, that is about as obvious as the Briggs bald spot. Ian Chasterton! As has probably already been discussed, the role the Brigadier plays was originally meant for Ian. Mm -hmm. But due to scheduling conflicts, William Russell was unavailable. Much like an emotional, distant parent, I'm not angry, just 
disappointed. A reunion between the Doctor and one of his first companions would have been fantastic, and I would be jumping with joy to see one of my favourite companions back on screen. Now, don't get me wrong, I absolutely love the Brigadier with all my heart, but part of me longs for the alternate timeline. <laughs> yeah, agreed, ditto, same here. Um, we're going to skip a paragraph here, just to make an example, because it is uh, 250 words or bust. Uh, sorry, Stephen. But Stephen concludes, overall, this story earns. All right, hope you guys are sitting down. Because overall, this story earns 4.9 murdered military mustaches out of five. <laughs> wow. If only it had stuck to the original plan, it would have got a perfect mark from me. Yeah, fair enough. If Ian had been in this, I probably would have gone crazy high as well. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, very nice. Wow, awesome, awesome, awesome stuff. Um, yeah. Would you like to comment on um, maybe something inside Stephen's chest that might be escaping through its size? <laughs> I think it is. <laughs> I think it is clear to everyone in podcast land that Stephen has a huge heart, <laughs> and people who are not Stephen should absolutely go to whobackone.com and read this mini in its full splendor. We did skip one paragraph. Them's the rules, and it's a good one as well so thank you very much mm. Stephen. thank you Stephen. next up we've got kieran evans what up kieran why hello kieran kieran starts hi folks the brigadier is back baby no wait there's two of them ah and it's the black guardian with a dead bird on his head right so this one is again a little messy <laughs> running theme this season but generally i like it Nice time travel ideas of split time zones. Doctor Who often shies away from doing time travel plots, but when they work well, they are quite interesting. Yes, agreed. The plot of the immortal aliens who just want to die is interesting enough. Apparently, this was the original plot before Sword JNT added everything else. And David Collins pops up too. Cool! Him pretending to be the Doctor is funny, as Collins plays an alternative Doctor in the Big Finish Unbound range, Full Fathom 5. That is some solid mm. truth. Yeah. Holy smokes, Kieran. Nice. Oh, which is a uh, reminder me I did mean to talk about some trivia of cast members because Ibbotson, aka Harry Potter, or Ron Weasley, I don't know who Aloysius. we settled on. Uh, yeah, hippo. Um, <laughs> yeah. He is best known as the voice of Jen in The Dark Crystal, which I had no idea. Oh, uh, which I've not seen, embarrassingly. It's good stuff. Getting back to Kieran's review, he is not done and continues no. thusly. We do have a continuity issue here, though, as the brig is retired before the Queen's Silver Jubilee in 1977. But the unit stories are set after this, maybe. <laughs> the oh. events in The Web of Fear are over 40 years after The Abominable Snowmen, which is 1935. So Webb is 1975 at the earliest, and the invasion is over four years later. Thus, invasion ah. is supposed to be at least 1979. But the brig has been retired for over two years already. Hmm. Yeah, Doctor Who has a messy continuity. Nothing new there. <laughs> oh, well done, Kieran. Schooled. And continue, uh, continues Kieran, we've now got a companion who is out to get the Doctor. Fortunately, he seems to be not that very good at doing that. I'm sure it'll be fine. <laughs> <laughs> this one has some interesting ideas in it, but the whole distracts. So Kieran gives this 3.5 out of 5. 
Nice. Uh, pretty solid rating there. A fantastic mini. Excellent trivia. Like a wall to wall excellent trivia. Mm, good. Yeah, brother. Uh, people of Podcastland who are not Kieran, tell us, Jim Cakes, can they high five Kieran online somewhere? Well, of course they can. They can find him at uh, a Twitter location known as Kjivens2. <laughs> Spelled exactly how it sounds. <laughs> There's a silent P there somewhere, I think. Um. Oh, God, no, don't say that. <laughs> <laughs> KJ Evans 2. There we go. Sorry, Kira. <laughs> One day we'll do it normally. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, thank you very much, Kieran. Thank you, Kieran. Yes. Uh, next, Who's next, we have got the fine fellow that is Ed Corbet. What up, Ed Corbet or Ed Corbett? That's right, it's Ed. It's Ed. It's Ed. <laughs> oh, damn it, I messed up the song. Oh, damn it. <laughs> Every time. A couple of less than he's in, and the brain just falls out. <laughs> yeah, and also a fair bit of Oscar. <laughs> Ed starts. Hey, Ed. Hey, Ed. <laughs> Ed starts. These openings where they referred to the last story don't work for me. They mean nothing if you didn't see the last story and aren't relevant to anything that unfolds later. References to the Doctor's Regenerations and past in unit work better, though, as they act to link past events to the current story. This week's returning villain is the Black Guardian, a creepy old man who hangs around with six schoolboys in their pajamas, making them agree to his terms. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, very good point, Ed. <laughs> it continues, Bagels returns. His 83 version has no moustache and no memory, but the 77 Bagels has his moustache, his mantle of power, and his memory intact. And when next we see Bagels, he has his moustache again and his memory. Coincidence? Yes, probably. No, definitely. <laughs> I, I mean, also, definitely not. I'm sorry. <laughs> Like, the, there definitely needs to be something named after 77 Bagels. It's um, Nana's less popular pop song. Seventy Bagels, <laughs> yeah. Ed continues, Bagels also gives very specific dates for his retirement, forgetting the Pertwee era was actually set in the early 80s. Holy smokes, damn it. Always what? trust your instincts. Causing who chronologists a near 40-year headache. So, 77 and 83 bagels being in the same time period is dangerous because of the time differential. Fine. When they touch, energy is released, and this differential cancels out. Also fine. So why do they now need to avoid each other? Has the energy not dissipated? Or will that energy be released whenever the bagels high-five? Unlimited power! <laughs> <laughs> That's exactly right. You you should tie the two bagels into like a giant hamster wheel where they just high five each other constantly and that powers the earth. <laughs> no more fossil fuels, just high fiving bagels. Uh, <laughs> you're a genius, Ed. Uh, Ed concludes, this story actually remembers that Doctor Who is about time travel and plays out the unfolding mystery across the two time periods well. Although I'm not watching it again in case it doesn't make sense when you start examining it. <laughs> <laughs> That's probably why. I said. Yeah, two hours later, you and I, yeah, <laughs> not really feeling it. <laughs> but Ed, that being said, gives this probably a very realistic 2.8. Oh, fantastic, Ed. Well done. Good stuff. Excellent, Minnie. Thank you very much, Ed. Yeah, thank you very much indeed. Next up, we got Peter Zunich. It's Peter Zunich. That's right, I said Peter Zunich. Hello, Peter. Hello, Peter. 
What up? Peter starts. After watching this series dozens of times over 37 plus years, I can honestly say the worst thing about it is that I still can't spell Mordrin. <laughs> okay, slight exaggeration there. It does have some other flaws, but they are always overshadowed by pluses. There's a lot of corridor wandering, but that's okay as you never tire of seeing the sets and the costumes. There's also little action, but Peter Davison's energy is in overdrive and he heightens every scene. Turlow is another whiny dude, but Mark's Strixon acts with such conviction. He's just wonderful. Finally, there are so many coincidences. But what can't be chalked up to the Black Guardian's influence is just so cool that I pity anyone who harps on about the plot instead of just enjoying the story for the wonderful ride it is. Mm-mm-mm. Peter continues. For true fans, there's nostalgic lore here as well. Mr. Courtney emblazons the screen in two fabulous yet subtly different performances. Between him and Valentine Dial, it's no wonder I keep coming back to this story. The rest of the sporting cast are perfect in their parts as well. Nissa, Tegan, get great parts. They and the Brig would have made a wonderful spin-off series. Hmm, intriguing. Holy moly, yes. Mm. And Peter concludes, I love the concept here. I love the circular progression. And I want to visit a hotel with a space art deco theme. <laughs> Me too. <laughs> yeah. I would have given it either 4.2 ringed planet-topped control consoles or 4.2 80s game console machine-sounding consoles, but I got amnesia <laughs> and forgot to do either. <laughs> and you also Wait, apparently you gave me it? a tongue twister. <laughs> Oh, fantastic. Oh, Peter, you're amazing. <laughs> Excellent stuff. Excellent. Yes. Oh, thank you. Thank you very much, Peter. Uh, Mr. Zoomeister himself. <laughs> That's right. And next up, we have got... Tracy, Tracy from, from America. America. Hello, Tracy. Hello there, Tracy. Oh, welcome back. Hmm. Tracy starts. The brick. Turlo, Black Guardian, time travel as a major story element? Where to begin? Let's talk Turlo. The introduction of this character sets up a mystery that does not pay off until his last episode. Oh. I find this annoying and frustrating, like all the Harry Potter books. Holy moly, another Harry Potter reference. (laughs) (laughs) Then there's the Black Guardian. Who is he? What's his beef with the Doctor? Is he gone for good? Spoilers, we don't know, unclear, and nope. (laughs) (laughs) Nice. It's been so long since we saw bagels, we needed two of him to make it up to us. The pair of Briggs managed to short out the device that was about to steal Doc's regenerations, a la Jennifer meeting herself in Back to the Future 2. Nice reference. Good (laughs) reference. Yeah, fantastic. I watched Back to the Future 1 just uh, about a week ago, actually. Apropos nothing. Tracy continues, Past Bagels gets a raw deal. He has a breakdown and has to live the next six years without any memories of Doc. Future Bagels fares better. It seems his grasp of exactly what Doc got up to in the TARDIS was always shaky at best. Finally, he has come to fully appreciate what the TARDIS can do. What should I say about the multiple tracks of time running through this story? Quite interesting, a little confusing. I hope you all talked about how likely or unlikely it is that a burnt humanoid might be a regenerating doctor. Yep, check. With multiple time tracks, you just never know. There was that episode with horrifying burnt future Clara, after all. Mm, true. Wait, remind me. I think it's the, the one set in the interior of the TARDIS, and they keep seeing... Oh, yes, of course. Oh, yeah, Journey yeah. to the Center of the TARDIS. Oh, oh yikes. <laughs> Horrible. Tracy concludes with this rating. The color of the time of day when you notice it's not that time of day anymore. Ah, uh, that's, well, that's a, a noodle scratcher. <laughs> 
I was, holy moly, I was just going to say that's a chin scratcher. Nice. I like it. <laughs> <laughs> and I, I just realized I accidentally referenced this, this cereal by like a noodle scratcher. Noodle on the head. Oh, yes, of course. <laughs> <laughs> Fantastic stuff. Thank you, as always, Tracy. Freaking amazing. People who are not Tracy can follow Tracy on Twitter. She can be found at Yetkatnyatnuf. That's Fountain Tracy backwards. Almost. Almost. <laughs> Thank you very much, Tracy. <laughs> Thank you, Tracy. Who's next? Why, it's that guy, Michael Ridgway. 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 Hello, Michael. Hello there, Michael. Michael starts. Oh, Michael has been a tremendous champ and provided us with uh, many reactions, namely in the form of bullet points for every episode here. So I'm going to launch into the first half here. Episode one. Turlo, you annoy me already. Come back, Adric. All is forgiven. (laughs) (laughs) And it's bagels. Seven million exclamation points. We've missed you so much. Episode two. Big like bagels remembering his unit past. The doctor is going to need some salvon. Bagels squared. Ooh, this is all getting more interesting. And best cliffhanger ever. The dude has spaghetti brain pulsating from his head. (laughs) Indeed. Spaghetti heads. Yes, it's in our bloody intro. Spaghetti heads. Spaghetti heads, yeah. Yeah. It's a dude that agrees with me. (laughs) (laughs) That's right. Michael continues, of course, because it wasn't just a two-parter. It was four parts. So episode three, we have a bullet point for one like. The freaky Black Guardian appearing in the statue. Nice. Mm. Ooh, this is this is something I had in my notes as a possible uh, thing you might have picked up because you keep referencing Ghostbusters 2 lately. Um, <laughs> I'm sorry. It had that, I don't know it had why. That, uh, I forget the the name of the bad guy, like Vigo, whatever. Vigo, Vigo, the, Vigo the Merciless or something. Vigo the yeah. Carpathian. <laughs> yeah, where he, he like comes through the painting and stuff. I don't know. I had that vibe from it. Oh, nice. I haven't uh, even seen my... it in years, Sorry. by the way. I don't know why I've been referencing it. I apologize. <laughs> no apology needed. Any reference to Ghostbusters, <laughs> one or two is fine. And Michael continues with episode four. First point, funniest moment, the Tegan and Nissa children. I laughed my beer out of my nose. <laughs> <laughs> Another point, ooh, that catty look Tegan and Nissa share at Turlo joining Team TARDIS. I sense tension. <laughs> yes, agreed, definitely. In summary, says Michael, surprisingly interesting, plus two brigadiers. Hurrah! <laughs> Which... All of that then means that Michael gives us a rating of 3.7 out of 5 pulsating spaghetti brain people shuffling around an Art Deco spaceship for all eternity. That is such an incredibly solid rating, Michael. Bravo. (laughs) Very good. I mean, that's basically your friend that agrees with you. That's right. (laughs) (laughs) How can I tell him that I agree with him? Why, you will have to jump on those tweety bloopy machines, of course. And go uh-huh. to bad underscore movie underscore club. <laughs> no more underscores. Nice. I'll do that post haste. Thank you very much, Michael. <laughs> so yes. big. Thank you so much, Michael. Next up, we've got a Mr. Tans Six Fingers. Hello, Tans. Hello, Tans, a.k.a. Ben O'Neill. Tans has blasted through a 250-word uh, limit, so we are just yep. 
reading the first few little paragraphs and some bullet-pointed likes. There are a bunch of dislikes, which you will have to go to whobackwhen.com to see, find out That's what right. hands didn't like. But into the bits we are reading, which starts with, Hi-ho, Jim and Leon. Hi-ho, Tans. Hello. Hi-ho. <laughs> <laughs> Take a deep breath and savour this cereal. This is my very favourite classic Who story. Holy, Holy moly. moly. <laughs> ben. Wow. Mordrin Undead heralds the return of not just one, but two instances of bagels, who has not been seen since Terror of the Zygons seven seasons ago. Wow. Holy yikes. It has, has it been that long? That's crazy. That is bonkers. Yeah. Sporting his actual mustache, the Brig finally gets to meet the newest Doctor, and we get to see what retirement and a temporal paradox does to him. We also get to see what happens to non-Time Lords when they cross their own time stream. As Tegan would say, zap. <laughs> <laughs> Valentine Dahl returns as the marvellously sinister Black Guardian, starting off a three-serial story arc of him set on destroying the Doctor. Ooh. Oh, that's interesting. Okay. Yeah, I didn't know. Very good. Uh, Tan Six Fingers continues. We also get the introduction to a very mysterious and complicated new companion, Vizlord Turlo, or Vizlord Turlo. I'm not sure how to pronounce that yet. Who is clearly not from Earth and knows the basics of time travel, although we don't. <laughs> here we go. Although we don't get his first name for a while, and no one questions why he goes by just his last name. Uh, Wait, boarding school. That's, yeah, that's an interesting point, though. Is he listed in boarding school as Vilo or Vice Lord Turlo? <laughs> uh, well, I don't know. I mean, is his real name Turlo, or is it like Vizlo Kreplach? And his <laughs> alias is Turlo. Uh, who knows? We, we, I, who knows? I, I who assume knows? we're going to find out. Yeah. Tansik's Fingers has also provided a list of likes. These are bullet points. I'm going to blast through them. Here we go. The plot is centered on time travel and time lord lore. Ka-ching. The music is wonderful. Disagree. <laughs> the doctor shows he has tools other than the sonic screwdriver. Ka-ching. The TARDIS homing beacon. Why isn't this ever used again? Oh, wow. Yeah, head scratcher again. The visuals for Bagel's Remembering, gorgeous, absolutely stunning, I agree with you. Mm. And last like, continuity to how many regenerations Time Lords get, the Zero Room, and Mordrin wearing the maroon coat from Tom Baker's last season to add to his impersonation. That's right. I forgot that he wears that coat. I only remembered him in that like weird Björk outfit, you know, the one that's, that all of them are wearing. Yeah. But yeah, that's I true. He, he does wear that. Well. Oh my, where does he get that coat? from <laughs> yeah it's weird like why would they assume that peter davison would like run back to his uh wardrobe and fetch that coat or is it like every time a, a time law regenerates they wear this coat <laughs> like, yeah it's the regenerating like, coat, classic regeneration know? coat <laughs> yeah <laughs> It's like when you, uh, if you have a fever and you always wear the same pair of sweatpants. It, it's that's how it works. Um, yeah, fantastic points, Tan Six Fingers. Uh, I'm afraid we're going to do some snip, snippity, snip, snip, snip here and skip his l list of dislikes and s jump straight to the end because 250 words or bust. Where he says, I loved this serial and binge watch it whenever I need to be cheered up. And he gives this a rating of. <gasps> 4.6 trips up the hill to the obelisk out of five. Fantastic. Wow. Yeah, that is, that is so, that is indicative of a huge heart, Ben. Excellent stuff. People who are not Tan Six Fingers can follow Tan Six Fingers online, I believe. Jim Cakes, uh, where can they find him? They can find him at Tan's Six, the number, fingers. That's right. Hand toes. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> 
<laughs> so it's weird oh. when you do it sensibly. Like <laughs> I know, I know. No, we should just go back to being <laughs> being weird about this. Absolutely. <laughs> I think that's what Podcast Land wants. Yeah, I, I think it's expected. <laughs> Thank yeah. you very much, Tans. Thank you very much. People who are not podcast. Uh, people who are not Tans, go to whobackone.com, read his mini in its full splendor. Who's next? Why is Paul wearing? What is Paul wearing? I don't know. Ask him. Hey, Paul. <laughs> Hi, Paul. <laughs> I'm actually waving. Why am I waving? It's a podcast. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. You, you did just wave. Uh, Paul starts. The Brigadier is back. That alone makes modern undead worthy of your time. With lines such as, if I was suffering from amnesia, I'd be the first to know about it. And I've never encountered such destructive power as I have seen displayed here. And now by the British schoolboy. <laughs> What's not to like? The affliction of Mordrin and his companions is interesting and perhaps poetic justice for their misguided experiments. Whilst they are not particularly threatening in their own right, their ability to effectively trap the Doctor on the ship and guilt trip him into helping them makes them different to most adversaries. That's true, yeah. Yeah, that's, that's a fair point. Yeah, there's a lot of interesting stuff in here. That's good stuff, right? Yeah. yeah. Paul continues... The Black Guardian, however, is a bit of a mixed bag as villains go. In theory, he's ridiculously powerful, yet it turns out he can't kill the Doctor, except via proxy. Mm. Turno makes for an interesting companion. We've had members of the TARDIS team who didn't like the Doctor initially, but it's the first one who was out to kill him. The only downside is that the companions are often seen as representing the audience, but it's a bit hard to relate to someone who is trying to kill the main character. <laughs> then again... <laughs> That's true. Yeah. Then again, Turlo fails so miserably in his mission that one wonders why the Black Guardian chose him in the first place. <laughs> Overall then, says Paul, and mainly for the introduction of Turlo and the reappearance of the Brigadier, this story gets 3.5 out of 5. Mm-mm. Excellent rating from Paul Warren. That, that's, that's a fantastic mini. That is a wonderful mini to end on. Thank you yeah, very much, great Paul. Great stuff as always, Paul. Thank you so yeah. much. How can podcast land? Oh God, I've really I've arrived at the singing portion of the evening. I apologize. <laughs> uh, we got there, folks. Can we got there. Land, fine. <laughs> yeah, well, we did. Oh God, no, no, I have to restart. Uh, <laughs> trying to speak, trying to speak without song. Oh, can't do it. How can podcast land say hi to Paul? They can go to at be wearing. That's right. How do you spell wearing. that, Jim Cakes? That's right. <laughs> Thank you very much, Wearing. Paul. Bing bong, future Leon here with one more listener mini because uh, <laughs> we had just finished our recording. That's a little bit later on in this episode. And um, we'd said goodnight. And then I looked at the inbox and we had received one more listener mini while we were recording. And I hadn't noticed that. I'm very sorry. This one comes from Andy Parkinson. Hello, Andy. I'm just going to future Leon this one here. Uh, Andy says, what ho, chaps? Well, what ho, Andy? You asked for some shorter minis, so here goes. Bagels is in it. Five out of five. <laughs> Seriously, though, Mordrin Undead has an old foe in the shape of the Black Guardian, who, despite being all-powerful, still needs to enlist a whiny, duplicitous character in Turlo. Seriously, we've just got rid of Andrik, and now we're introducing another treacherous asshat. At least this time, though, Mark Strickland can actually act. <laughs> Is it me or do Turlo and Hippo remind you of Boris Johnson and David Cameron? Oh, yeah. <laughs> 
I can totally see them slamming each other's dicks in drawers and having inappropriate relations with pigs. Ugh, yeah. <laughs> Most importantly, Bagels is back. Yay! Nicholas Courtney plays his role delightfully. Likes. The design of the Starliner interiors is lovely. Agreed. It has a look similar to the sand mine in Robots of Death. Ooh, yes, nice. Agreed. Another like. David Collings is excellent as Mordrin, as is the exposed pulsing brain. Brilliantly gross. Mm. And he also adds some beefs. First beef. I wish we had more of a backstory as to who Mordrin and the other undead are. Agreed. Why do Tegan and Nyssa think Mordrin is the doctor when his clothes, hair and other features are clearly not him? I know it's to drive the plot, but it's stupid. Yes, agreed. Overall, says Andy, it's a bit of a mishmash of a story, but enjoyable all the same. And of course, it has Bagels, who is simply wonderful. I wore this 4.3 4.3 clearly polystyrene rocks out of 5. <laughs> uh, <laughs> excellent, excellent rating, excellent mini. As always, thank you very much, Andy. Very, very good stuff. People who are not Andy can high five Andy online. He can be found at Caffrey's 71. That's 71, the number. Please tell him hi from us. Thank you very much, Andy. Now, let's get back to the show. Bing bong. Thank you, everyone who sent in a mini this week. It's really, really solid minis across the board. Indeed, and number rating wise across the board. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, exactly. Very very interesting how how much of a mixed bag this series is. Well, that wraps up Mordrin Undead. So, what have we got coming up next? Well, that's a very good question, which I am looking up right now. (laughs) Next up, we have a new Who review. That'll be of the lie of the land. Ooh, is that the, is that the end of the three parter? I've forgotten. That's right. Yeah, that is the end of the three parter. That's Ooh. the the monk trilogy, the alien monk trilogy. One of the myriad alien monks trilogy. <laughs> <laughs> Good stuff. Looking forward to that. And in Classic Land, we will have Terminus. That's right. Either after that classic or possibly actually before the next new, we'll see. We're going to have a bonus episode. And that will be a review of something that I cannot recommend enough that everyone in podcast land who happens to be in London at the very least or in close proximity to London go and uh, experience, namely Doctor Who Time Fracture, the live immersive event. Uh, we're going to have a a guest host for that one. Uh, uh, I, I don't want to spoil it. I don't want to spoil it, but it's going to be good. Uh, so it, that might be a slightly spoilery episode, by the way. But yeah, we'll figure it out. You can listen to it without spoilers. You can listen to it with spoilers. We'll figure it out. Anywho, that's bonus. After which, at some point, we'll have an audio episode. Do you know what that's going to be, Jim? I haven't a clue. I just see it written here. Haven't decided yet. <laughs> I'm assuming that's not a title. <laughs> <laughs> that's right. Sorry, that's such a mean thing of me to ask. Uh, yeah, we don't know yet. Uh, we've received a whole bunch of recommendations from uh, you out there in podcast land. Thank you very much for that. Feel free to keep sending them in. I think we probably have enough recommendations at this point. So we'll we'll pick one of the ones that, that you guys have uh, sent in. But at the moment, there's just too much else to review <laughs> or edit or produce. So it'll happen when it happens. Yeah. I mean, you've got plenty to look forward to. Why are you complaining? Stop your complaining. <laughs> <laughs> Enjoy, enjoy life and everything. Universe. Uh, okay, well, that's what's coming up. That was Mordrin Undead. 
don't have to stop there, of course, because you can, if you so choose, uh, interact with myself or Leon online. Um, That's right. I can be found at Jimmy the Who. Uh, sorry, Jimmy the... Did you say Jimmy the Who? You have very good ears. Yes, it was exactly Jimmy the Who. Right, yes. so it was at Jimmy the Who. Did you say was that Jimmy the Who? Go there. Go there now. <laughs> <laughs> Exactly to that location. Yes. And um, <laughs> what clever branding do you have that people can uh, Oh, it's so find? clever that no one can figure it out. I'm at Ponken, P-O-N-K-E-N. Say hi to me. I will say hi right back. Promise. Guaranteed. Good stuff. Well, until the next time, podcast land. Oh, my. Haven't you been a wonderful audience? Um, yeah, just uh, settle yourselves into a nice flow of life. Be happy, the sun's <laughs> shining more these days because it's summer in this hemisphere at least. Stay safe and see ya. Oh, that's lovely. Yeah, be right next to each other. Ciao, ciao, everyone. <laughs> Kablamo! Did you enjoy the show? Then please do what the cosmos compels you to and spread the gospel of who back when. Tell your friends! But I've got no friends! No problemo, tell some strangers! Hooray! Like us on Facebook. That's facebook.com slash whobackwhen. All in one word. Are you into Twitter? Awesome. High five us online and we'll high five you right back. You guessed it. We're at whobackwhen. All in one word. Check us out on Instagram for behind the scenes photos and other Whovian goodness. Watch our videos or even listen to our podcast on YouTube. That's whobackwhen.com slash YouTube. Vote us up on Reddit. Listen to us on Stitcher and head on over to our website whobackwhen.com where you can submit a review of your own, browse the article archives and peruse our visual index of aliens, monsters and more which increases in Kablamos with every episode and lastly give us a rating and review on iTunes it helps our show get noticed and earns you lots of karma points that's it rock on and be rad and excellent to each other catch your earballs in our next Who review or bonus episode until then ciao ciao who back when